0: Good morning. good morning. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and we're very excited to have you with us this Sunday morning to worship and praise our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's always a good day to do it. but It's always fun on Sunday to come together as the body of Christ and do so in in one voice. And uh, I was just having a, a moment up here where I stopped singing and was listening to the rest of you. And uh, it's always a joy to do so, especially you who's always singing harmony and stuff. We've talked about this before. Uh, just you know. Perfect little voice who always sits behind me. I'm like, man, they are awesome, but it's maybe just one of you. Um, We are, as Daryl said earlier, at the end of a series, our Summer at the Movie series. We've been walking through sports movies. Uh, Every sport has been touched, pretty much, except uh, football, which will be next week. And as Daryl said earlier, we have a a very, it's a very special Sunday for us, those of us in New Heights. One of our own, um, who has been with New Heights for a long time as a volunteer. And uh helped start Riverside when uh when Scott the the old pastor, some of y'all are new and don't even know who Scott is, you're not missing anything. Um uh when we went and started a new church up two hundred eighty one, uh, she went and helped out there and is back and has really been called by God into the ministry as a deacon and uh and part of that is uh is preaching uh from time to time, not very often, but she is making her debut appearance. Um, next week. And we're very excited about that. Her name's Linda Marceau. And I I know that you've seen her, even though you might not know her. Uh, She has blonde hair and she's actually not in the room right now. Um, Her family is, some of her family, but uh, she's kind of ironic. She's always here, except right now. Um, She uh, actually is in the parlor signing people up for Alpha, uh, a great course, but she is making her first ever sermon next week on facing the giants, which is a great, uh, football movie that was done by a church up in uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area and really bad acting, but great movie. Um, because they used local people and stuff, which is really cool story behind it. But so she's bringing that next week and I'm very excited about that. We all are at the church and, um, David even kind of wants to do his sermon early so he can run down the hall and hear Linda, not to put any more pressure on Linda, but, um, you know, we're all going to hear her and critique. I mean, um, bless her with our comments. So uh, I encourage you to come and support her. It's a, it's just great. It's great for us, those of us in ministry, to see people called by God and to be moving forward in that calling. Um, everyone's called by God to something. I've said that so many times, I'm sure you're sick of it. But for those of us that are called out to the life of ministry, which is a different life, um, it, it's really cool to see that happen in someone, even though she's much, much, much older than I am. Um, she's not in the room. <laughs> Uh, It's great to to see that. So there you go. I digress. Today is, oh, wait, uh, one more thing. You might have noticed these things, back to school luau on every other seat. This is something we do every year, the Sunday before school starts. We would have a service to bless the kids and the students and the teachers and and the parents' celebration that the kids are going back to school. And um, we would just have a great little time. And, And the last couple of years, we've had a barbecue after the service. This year, we're not having church on Sunday morning. We are not having church on Sunday morning. I say that slow because some of you will still show up. Um and you can worship, you know, by yourself and, you know, with your family. That'd be great. Uh but we will be having it Saturday night, six thirty PM, august twenty fifth, right outside these walls. It will be outside over here on the on the patio in the little uh grassy knoll area, if you will. Um it'll be a great time as a community to come together and worship and and praise God, and just to have a a fun time of barbecue. Uh, We have a guy, David Jane, who loves to cook barbecue, and he's cooking for us. He's a great cook, Um, and we would encourage you to get a ticket in the parlor afterwards. Uh, They're back there in the back. Uh, They're they're free. We're not charging anything, but we need to know how much barbecue to cook, so we'd appreciate it if you would uh, take and check in and let us know that you're coming. Um, The other thing that's exciting about this uh, service is that Daryl Smith, you might remember him from five minutes ago standing right here uh he is uh releasing his third cd his first couple uh from puddle to pool did i say it right again from is that the, is that the right title john from puddle to pool yes i we right we're gonna go with that i said it wrong the first time i think and now i'm all confused um and it was uh, a collab, what he wrote uh, a bunch of songs that he wrote put together produced the CD and put it out. And then the second CD that they did was the worship team together with some songs that Daryl wrote. Um, both of them are awesome. I I will say this about Daryl. Daryl might not be the best looking guy in the world. Um, and I I don't know what he's doing with the hair, but, uh, guy can write a song. Um, out of all the songwriters that are out there in the Christian world right now, I think Daryl is probably one of the best. Nobody knows it yet, but us, thankfully, because he's still here. But if you've ever listened to any of his songs and the words and the things behind them and the stories behind them, the guy can write a song. And so I'm very excited to hear this new Pocket of Light CD that he has coming out. And all of us will get to hear it as you come to the to the luau in a couple of weeks. So there you go. Are we having church on the 26th of August? This side will not be here. Apparently, y'all are going to be here, though. <laughs> wow. Okay, yes. No, we will not be having church, uh, even though... Some of you will still be here, um, but there's a great service down the hall if you show up and no one's in here. Uh, just walk down the hall in your shorts. It'll be fun. <laughs> I might be here just to see that. Uh, today is uh, is continuing the, the series. Racing Stripes. How many of you have seen Racing Stripes? Ashley has definitely seen it. She is all about it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Racing Stripes is a sports movie that tells. The same story as most o- other sports movies. You realize that all sports movies are pretty much the same story, right? It's it's the the, the kid or the team or the or whatever, the outsider that's trying to be great and, and wants to make it as something big and, and the process to greatness. You know, I mean that's pretty much every sports story there is, and the victory, because that's what you want to see in a sports story. And same thing in this movie. An outsider who wants to do something in the sports world and trains and becomes great at it. In this case, it's a zebra who wants to be a racehorse. Doesn't know he's not a racehorse. He thinks he is. He lives in Kentucky. He sees thoroughbreds around him. He sees all these racehorses training. So he's like, they got four legs, long tail, pointed ears, big nose, look just like me. I must be a racehorse. In fact, I want to be a racehorse and it's the story of his struggles on how to become a racehorse and his training to get there and the knockdowns and the fights and then the victory at the end. I didn't blow it for anybody did I. It's a Disney movie. Come on. But it's a great story as they all are. And it's a great message and and it really reminds me of something that's going on in my life currently which my wife kind of made the connection for me. I'm not the brightest bulb in the lamp all the time. And so last night we were talking about this and she goes, well, didn't this kind of like what you're doing? Oh yeah. Okay. Here's the thing that you need to know about me. If if you didn't already, I like television. I like my brown leather chair, and my large screen TV, and I like to sit and watch television. Right now, Turner Classic Movies is doing this thing all month long. Summer at the stars. Some are under the stars, and they're showing these old, I love classic black-and-white movies. And, you know, they'd, Myrna Loy was on Thursday, and it was all Myrna Loy movies. And yesterday was Vincent Price, or on Friday, and they had all Vincent Price movies. And I love watching old movies, and I can sit around for hours. Some people have to accomplish things in their life. Not so much me. I learn a lot by watching television. I, I, uh, a lot of my sermons, as you might, Summer are at the movies, guess come from movies and television. And so when I began to get harassing calls a while ago about something, participating in an event, I kind of laughed them off because I'm a television watcher. I ride a chair. And I kept getting these calls and from a couple of friends who I would consider, you know, friends. Maybe we'll see after next week. But the one call that really tipped it over the edge was a guy by the name of Randy Marceau. Same name as Linda. Yes, it's Linda's husband. He's sitting right there. He calls me, and I have caller. It's a cell phone, and it comes up, Randy Marceau. Like I'm, you know, an idiot. he uh, I answer the phone and say, hello. <clears throat> uh, yes, Mr. Crocker. Yeah, I'm going to play along. Uh, yes, this is he. This is the triathlon police. We want to know why you haven't signed up yet. Yeah, that's right. Randy's a triathlon nut. He likes to do triathlons. So does Brian Boynton, the man sitting over here on this side. They've tried to get me to do one in the past a few months ago. No way. I don't do triathlons. Have you seen me? There's a friend of ours that goes to Riverside Church, and his name is Brian Garrison. Brian Garrison is my height. He weighs 30 pounds more than I do. They've gotten him into triathlons. He's calling me, harassing me in a loving Christian manner to do this triathlon that's coming up this Saturday called the Dam 09. I think the name will be much more appropriate after I finish. We will ride over the almost Dam and swim in the Alamo Heights pool and run on the soccer fields over there. A triathlon, for those of you that don't know, incorporates swimming, bicycle riding, and running. I don't swim, I don't ride my bike, and periodically I will run. I don't run on the street anymore because it really hurts my knees. So I go to an elliptical machine and do that with a, guess what, television in front of me. Yeah, that was a little forecasting, wasn't it? You saw that coming. Yeah, so they call me and they finally have talked me into this triathlon. So next Saturday morning, I think we have to show up at like 5.45 in the morning. Isn't that what it is? Yeah. First of all, I don't think I've ever seen that hour. And to show up for an athletic event, oh my goodness. So I will show up there next Saturday. This is why... God works it out to where I'm not preaching the next day if, if I'm not able to even stand, I guess, to do this triathlon. David Menitsky, our senior pastor, got back from Hawaii. It's his first Sunday back, and he heard about this today, and he quickly, almost whiplash with his head, turns to me, have you been training for this? This morning. It's like, thanks for the confidence there, DMACC. Um Define training, basically, is, <laughs> is what I said to him. Yeah, I've been on my bike every now and then. I have a mountain bike, not the best of circumstances on a road. And I've gone to the pool and swam in the pool and crawled out of the pool. I've been on the elliptical machine doing my two and a half miles, which is what the run is. And I've kind of been training. I think the thing that has helped me the most throughout this is knowing that Brian Garrison, my buddy, is also doing this. One, if he can do it and survive, weighing 30 pounds more than I am, surely I can survive. And two, if he's done this and gotten in the pool wearing what I think people wear in triathlons, <laughs> I can show up. I've had to ask him a lot of questions about this cuz I'm naive and I need some focus and I need some Okay, look, that was my first question to him was what do you wear? I've seen the guys in the speedos doing the triathlons. Not going to happen. If I have to lose 30 minutes because of what I'm wearing in the pool, it's going to be the case. And he's like, well, you know those girdles you wear? He played Division One college football for A&M, by the way, so he's a little step ahead of me. He played on the sidelines, but he was on the team. Um, he goes, you know those girdles you wear in football, those real tight things? And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I wear my shirt tucked out for a reason, Brian. So they've talked me into doing this. They've talked to me about the bike ride, and I talked to Randy yesterday on the phone about the bike ride and stuff, and I told him about my swim, and he's like, well, I was pretty proud of my swim time and the fact that I could barely make it out of the pool. He's like, you might not want to leave it all out in the pool so that you can get on the bike, um, which is the next event. So I'm trying to train for this thing and not kill myself. And really it's Brian and and the wisdom of Randy and I I need to hook up with this Brian over here and and really figure out how to do this. I need to really... Okay, I have less than a week, but I always put things off to the last minute. I need to focus because if I don't, it ain't going to happen. Same thing with with the zebra. He wants to train to be a racehorse, but the problem is his training method. Let's watch how he trains. never late. I'm all ready to go. Where is he? Ah, oh, here he comes. Show what you got. Here we go. me jumping in the pool next Saturday. He's trying to train by himself. Yeah, he's using the the mailman for a little training support, but he has nobody teaching him or coaching him or walking beside him as he's trying to train to be a racehorse. And what happens? The first young little filly that comes by runs into a tree. He loses focus of what his goal is. He loses focus of what his purpose is. His purpose, he thinks, is to be a racehorse. And he runs into a tree. He has nobody to coach him, no one to train him, no one to walk along with him to help him down the path that he is on. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, you probably know this. If you've ever been to a wedding, this was probably read. Two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one. They get a better return for their labor. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. And on a cold night, two under the same blanket can gain warmth for each other. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. God didn't mean for us to walk through life alone. God didn't mean for us to walk on our walk with christ to walk in our relationship with him by ourselves he meant for us to do it together remember when he sent the disciples out how did he send them two by two send them out in twos you two go together into the world and change it he didn't send them out by themselves all of the writings that paul is doing paul is not writing to a single person He's writing to churches that he has set up. He didn't go into a town and create one, per, okay, you, I've brought you to Christ, you stay here by yourself and just good luck. He created a church and a body and people that were together and worship together and study together and learn together. And then he picks up a, a boy by the name of Timothy and he takes him along and he shepherds him and he grows him in his relationship with Christ. He knew that doing this was important. He knew that as you're walking in your walk with Christ, it is important to be together. It is important to have a mentor or a trainer or a coach. You know, it's silly for any of us to think that an Olympic athlete is doing everything by himself to reach the Olympics. The Olympics are coming up next year. I think it's almost exactly a year from now in China. The Olympics will be there. And there will be hundreds of athletes from all over the world there at the peak performance of their profession. And it's absolutely insane to think that any one of them is training by themselves. I heard Michael Phelps, the swimmer, interviewed the other day, and he's supposed to be just more incredible at this Olympics than he was in 2004. He's just grown up and and even better. And, And it was on the Today Show where I get all the important information of my life, and and they asked him, they said, I heard you had a list of goals on your bedside table for what you want to do. He goes, yeah, I do. I have a list of all the goals that I want to accomplish right there on my bedside table. And my coach has an identical set on his bedside table. He has a coach that knows exactly what's going on in his life, the exact area where they want to move, the things that he needs to accomplish before the Olympics, the things that he needs to do to get to where he needs to be. He's walking hand-in-hand hand with somebody who's who's not going to be the athlete, who's not going to be the person in the pool, but he's guiding and directing. I, I think it's really funny sometimes. Um, you know, you look at coaches in the NFL or, or or any major sport, and a lot of them sometimes are overweight, and a lot of them are out of shape, and they're coaching these guys at just physical perfection, When the coach, it's kind of ironic that this guy's going, No, that's not how you do it. You know, look at Pop. You think Pop could handle the spurs going out there? No. But he knows. And he's smart. And he's crafty. And he puts together a team. and And he guides. And he directs. And he trains. So we all need somebody like that in our life, even in our walk with Christ. An area where you don't think necessarily you do. God designed it that way. John Wesley talks of the means of grace. God's grace is always, always falling upon us and always available to us. And, and we experience his grace through the means of grace, Wesley called them. And it's worship and, and praise and Bible study and, and and different things. But one of them is being in a relationship, having a trainer, basically. He didn't call it that, but having a coach. Having someone that you can turn to when times get tough. Someone that when you fall, it says in Ecclesiastes, they reach down and they pick you up. Somebody to walk through your spiritual life with. So that you don't turn to the first filly that comes along and run your head into a tree. We all need somebody to help us through our relationship with Christ. Now, I don't know how many of you have given your life to Christ and are in that relationship and moving towards a relationship with Him and, and want to know more about Him. I don't know how many of you have a mentor, a trainer, a coach in your life. I got to tell you, you need one. You need one because you can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. It's too hard. It's too difficult. There's too much out there. There's, the world is too strong against us. Somebody came up to me after the 9:30 service, and she said, "You know, it's amazing that my work environment, where I was, was so different before I told somebody I was a Christian. When I told them I was a Christian, they revealed to me that they too were a Christian, and that they found out somebody else that worked with them was also a Christian. And they began walking together in their job. And she said, the job was more difficult before I told somebody I believed in Christ. Now I have somebody to share my stuff with, to turn to and say, you know, this is really tough, but I know there's something stronger out there. And to walk in a way that is more productive in her life. She said it has opened up so many different things. It's still a hard job, she said, but it's much easier now that she has these people to walk together with. I mean that's so true i said man that's incredible i said closet christianity that's amazing there's people that believe in christ that don't want to let you know but you know we're out there some of you are closet christians and don't want to come out to your friends for fear of what they will do and yet all the time they too are could be and you could be walking together And when your child has an issue or something's going wrong in your home, they know that you're a believer in Christ, and they can turn to you in the love of God and Christ, and it opens up a whole other avenue. How many of you are walking together with someone in your relationship with Christ? How many of you have that support? How many of you have that comfort in knowing that even in my darkest moments, I can turn to somebody who will know, who will get it, they may not understand what I'm going through, but they understand this. So they're there for me. And they can listen to me with the ears of Christ. And they can reach out to me with the arms of God. How many of you have somebody in your life that can point to you and say you're being an idiot? My father just raise his <laughs> hand. That's awesome. Is it me? No, okay. (laughs) You need somebody in your life that can look at you and say you're being a goofball. You keep saying you want to live your life for God, and look what you're doing. You're spending all your time worrying. You're spending all your time working on this one thing that's not of the kingdom. You're spending all your time doing something instead of doing this. We need somebody in our life that can tell us that. Stop spending so much time doing this and refocus your life where it ought to be. We all need that coach and that trainer that tells us to put the burger down because you have a triathlon to run in six days. We all need somebody in our life to do that. To tell us the hard things. The things that we don't want to hear necessarily. The things that are uncomfortable for us. Those people to call us out. How many of us have a relationship with someone in our life like that? God didn't call us to walk in a relationship by ourselves. He called us to do it together and to support one another and to find that person in our life who can help us grow to be the person, the man and the woman that God wants us to be. And it's not just when you're older. It's the moment you accept Christ. You find that person. You pray to God. God, reveal the person to me. Bring the person in my life that can help me know you better. It can be somebody older. It can be somebody younger. A lot of people have a problem with that. The age thing. I need a mentor that's older. You know, in a lot of things that's true. A lot of times in the business world, a guy that's been around a lot longer knows a lot more. It's more experienced been around the road and, and knows the traps and the pitfalls of whatever it is and they can give wisdom and advice but you know sometimes in the spiritual world it's a little different because you might be 65 and just accepted jesus christ as your savior and there might be a 30 year old out there who accepted christ when they were four years old hadn't looked back they could give you wisdom and guidance and advice even though they don't know the life experience you do They might know the text. They might know the spirit. They might have a spirit of prayer unlike any other and can guide you and direct you in your walk. Maybe it's a man. Maybe it's a woman. Maybe it's a family member or somebody at work. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's somebody here in this room. Maybe it's someone that you only know through a spiritual walk. You don't hang out with them. You don't go to dinner with them. You don't uh, go on vacation with them. It's somebody that just you meet together to check in on how your walk's going. But you need that person. You need that person to help you through those tough times and to give you guidance, to call you out, to support you and give you love. We all have to have that trainer and that coach. I, I have a... I have a couple in my life. I don't have one central one. I have a couple of different areas that come together and form my trainer because I need more than one. David Manitsky is one of them. He's a guy who can tell me I'm being stupid. and I don't get angry with him because he can fire me. Because I know he's doing it to help me. He's a guy that can give me advice because he's been around the block. You can tell by his hair or lack thereof he's a guy that has been a pastor for a long time and has led very successfully churches by listening to the voice of God I can learn a lot from him and I can go to him in the moments in my professional life when I'm spiritually weak and I can turn to him and he can give me the guidance I need And then I have my wife who gives me support at home who gives me an emotional lift. I am a very non-emotional person on the emotional like little uh, EKG machine or whatever that would be. I'm just a flat line. Don't really get excited about too much. Don't really get depressed about too much. Red Sox win the world series. I'm pumped up. They lose the world series. I'm depressed. It's all about the same. She's very emotional. She's very emotional in her walk with Christ and brings that to me, brings that side of my walk. The the times when I want to experience more of Christ in an emotional way because it's powerful. To let yourself be emotional with God is amazing. She brings that to me. She checks me on my sermons every Sunday. She likes to critique it, and I appreciate that. I appreciate her opinion don't always agree with her, but I need her to focus me. I need her to remind me what's important. I need her to remind me that I was doing a triathlon next week, and it kind of would fit together with today to help shape my sermons. I need her to help me get lifted when I'm down, to walk hand by hand, go back to back when we're attacked so that we can conquer you need somebody in your life like that. It might not be a spouse. It might, be, it might not be a boss. It might just be anybody. My challenge to you is to pray for that person to be revealed in your life if they aren't already. To pray for that person to come forward to you and to say, I think we need to have this kind of relationship. To pray for an opportunity where you can walk with someone hand in hand that they can show you the way. When you get lost. Because let me tell you. We all need it. We all need that trainer and that coach. Because if we don't have it. The first young filly that comes along. Going to run our head into a tree. Let's pray. Heavenly Father we thank you and praise you for this day. For this day that you have created us to love and to serve you and to love one another, to support one another. God, I pray that you would help each of us. If we are not in a relationship, a mentoring relationship, a coaching relationship, training, whatever you want to call it, God, that we would find that person in our life who could stand with us and walk with us and help us to grow in our relationship with you. And God, help us to do the same for someone else someone else who is searching for you that we might enter into their life and offer them a hand when they fall and offer them a back to give support god we praise you and we thank you it's in your name we pray